this is Liren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Iva Chen, the Director of Business Development and Marketing of Lady Luck Gourmet, which owns and operates Goldilocks at San Francisco International Airport. For Filipinos and Filipino-Americans, Goldilocks Bake Shop has been a go-to since 1966 for delicious cakes, baked goods, and Filipino cuisine. Since the first store opened in Makati, Manila, there are now more than 900 Goldilocks stores throughout the Philippines, the U.S., and Canada. In 2020, during the height of the pandemic, Iva opened Goldilocks at SFO's Harvey Milk Terminal 1, making it the first Filipino restaurant to open in a U.S. airport. I am so excited to welcome Iva to the podcast. Hi, Iva. Hi, Liren. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to finally have you on. I've, I've been wanting to have you on for a while now, so I'm glad we can finally make this happen. This okay, exciting. I always start by asking, what's the first thing you ever cooked? And about how old were you? Oh my goodness. Gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, uh, one of my childhood memories is making like butter pasta with my neighbor friend who would come over after school every day. And she made this pasta and she put like butter and Parmesan cheese and salt. And everyone's like, what is going on? And then she mixed it all together and, and, and some milk and we ate it. I was like, this is delicious. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably, it sounds weird, but it's probably literally the first, my first recollection of quote unquote cooking something <laughs> other yeah. than making um what my cousin and I used to call suicide drinks, where you go in your mom's kitchen cabinet and you take every single sauce that's <gasps> in there and you put it in a cup <laughs> and, and then it's dare like, okay, I dare you to drink this. <laughs> oh my, what was the nastiest concoction? Oh, gosh. Soy sauce really does it if you put too much in, in any kind of <laughs> cup oh, of <man>. drink. <laughs> so gross. But that's yeah. totally the kind of thing I would have done, too, <laughs> growing up. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> so other than those delicious concoctions, could you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and Lady Luck Gourmet? Yeah, I have a really crazy like professional background. I'm actually a licensed CPA. I started in public accounting as an auditor and I um, went into private. I work for Nestle, the big food conglomerate. Mm -hmm. I work for Capital Group and corporate finance, Paramount television distribution. So I have a very big corporate uh, accounting and finance background. And then, but I also like to say that I grew up in the food and beverage and restaurant industry. My father was the vice president of Host Marriott on the West Coast, Western region, and they oversaw all the food and beverage and retail concessions in all the airports, um, wow. you know, across the U.S. So I kind of grew up being a foodie, immersed in the restaurant industry, and have a real appreciation for just great food, great service, and great hospitality. So Lady Luck Gourmet, the company that I now join, my family business, specializes in food and beverage concessions in airports, and specifically in San Francisco International Airport. Lady Luck Gourmet has had different um, restaurants and quick service concessions in that airport since 1999. So for a little over 20 years. Whoa, yeah. has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just 10 years ago. <laughs> I know, right? Sounds like just yesterday. <laughs> 
So when the opportunity came up in this new Harvey Milk terminal, and they had a spot for an Asian quick service, we thought it was be a great time to introduce the Goldilocks brand. So we bid um, on the spot. You have to bid. It's not like a street side location where it's like, oh, whoever wants to pay the most rent will get the spot. You have to bid with your concept and and tell them why you think this concept will do well in the airport and will appeal to travelers across the U.S. You know, San Francisco is an international airport, so they have travelers coming from all over the world and they like to see things that are sort of unique to the Bay Area. And the Bay Area has the second highest Filipino population in the United States, second only to Los Angeles. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to showcase the Goldilocks brand and introduce travelers from everywhere to Filipino cuisine. You know, it's so funny because whenever I fly back from somewhere back into SFO, I always joke to my husband, oh, I'm home (laughs) because, you know, there's a lot of the people who work at the terminals are Filipino. And obviously I, you know, I have that background. So I, I like to joke that I'm back in Little Manila, but I was so excited when you told me about the concept and, and I had, I got to work with you a little bit on, on the bid part of things, which was so fun. And I know I have my very first favorite Goldilocks memory. And I just have, I don't know if I've told you this, but I was a little girl and I was turning seven and we went to the Philippines for a family trip. And my mom wanted to celebrate my birthday a few months early just so that I could celebrate with cousins and family. And so I remember they ordered a Goldilocks cake for me. And it was the most magical thing I had ever seen because it wasn't like the cakes I grew up with in New York. Like we had like Carvel ice cream <laughs> or, mm-hmm. and it was very simple. Like, that, you know, people thought, oh, it's like the whale or whoever the characters were. But this, they did Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with characters on top of the cake. It was so elaborate. She was walking over a bridge. Like I still have the figurines wow. back at home in New York because it was oh, so special. Anyway, so that's my first Goldilocks memory. So I always have that. I'm just curious, what was your first impression of Goldilocks when you first visited a Goldilocks? You know, I, I'm not Filipino. I didn't grow up around Filipino food. So my first impression was with Goldilocks was actually very recent. I always consider myself an outsider. I don't think I mentioned earlier that um, three of the partners for Lady Luck or May are from the Goldilocks family. Mm-hmm. So they're very much immersed in the Goldilocks world, whereas my father and I are new to Goldilocks. So um, I had no idea what to expect. Um, I went in there and I, I you know, I've always everyone knows what lumpia is, so I kind of gravitated towards the the well known Filipino foods like lumpia and pancit. Um, I had one Filipino friend growing up who introduced me to to that little bit of Filipino culture. But I will tell you, every time I go back um, and I try to try a little bit more of of the menu offerings, I'm always like, this is amazing. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm always hesitant to try because I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, it look it's it's not the most um, photogenic food right. I will say <laughs> but the flavors are amazing and we like to always say that it is um it's familiar 
yet distinctly Filipino. And I completely agree with that. Um, you know, every time I try a new dish, my new, my, my old favorite used to be adobo. You know, everybody knows what chicken adobo is. Mm -hmm. And then I tried beef calderetta and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a flavor burst of it just, it's, it's amazing. And then my new favorite is now Beagle Express. Yeah, I another, <laughs> another level of uh, amazing flavors and things that I've just never tasted before, but it's just so yummy. Mm -hmm. um, the baked goods are, are similar to our Chinese style yes. baked goods, you know, the sponge cakes and stuff, but they take it to another level. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. I think you hit the nail on the head with that familiarity. And I think that speaks to just the interesting background of Filipino cuisine. There's so many influences. You've got the Spanish, you've got the Malay, you've got the Chinese, you know, uh, American, of course. So it yeah. all becomes kind of familiar when we taste it, yeah. even if and you're not like Filipino. Original fusion food. Yeah. You know, fusion sounds like something so recent, but Filipino food is literally the original fusion cuisine that blended all these different cultural flavors together into one. And so everything, oh yeah, you know, we have fried rice in Chinese culture or a lot of cultures have empanadas. Spain has their empanadas and then you have mm -hmm. the Filipino empanada, the sponge cakes or like French, you know, sponge cakes. So there's a lot of different cultural influences. So it almost makes it easier to want to try the cuisine and you know our location is in an airport so we really had to tailor this to appeal to the masses and in a way that people felt comfortable trying a cuisine that many have never even heard of let alone tasted before right so, so what do you say to the person who stumbles upon Goldilocks they've never seen or heard about it before yeah. I'm sure they're staring like what do I get yeah. what do I get so what do you normally recommend to yeah, them when they're first starting? Have you tried Filipino food? You know, and most of people say, I've never even heard of Filipino food. Some people are like, wow, that sounds interesting. Or they're the opposite. Like, no, no, no. I'm, you know, I just want to go for my burger and fries. But we always offer samples, you know, as long as it's not going to hold up the line. But we do offer samples because I know that once people have tried a bite of any of our food, they're just going to fall in love with it. They're, yeah. they're like, that's amazing. Like, again, they kind of they're like, oh, it kind of looks like stews. You know, it's not it's not great looking. But as soon as they get that first bite in their mouth, you can just tell by their facial expression. They are just wow. Like, wow, I did not mm -hmm. expect that. And that was really good. And the food sells itself once they're able to try it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, I have to talk design very quickly because what stood out to me was just how different the Goldilocks SFO location is. Can you talk a little bit about the architecture and how it plays into the terminal too? Because I think that's so interesting. Yeah. So we're in a completely new terminal, Harvey Milk Terminal 1. Um, they completely demolished the old terminal that our prior restaurant was in, and they built this new one. So with this new one, they wanted a very cohesive look across all the concessions that were in the terminal. And the, the look was called Bay Area Natural. So they wanted to see a lot of woods and stones and natural materials, which is why, if you can see my virtual background behind me, it's very different than any Goldilocks in the world um, that you'll see. Um, we have um, 
sea glass tiles that's kind of signature to I think if, when I was designing this I was seeing about the Philippines and there are a, a group of islands mm-hmm. and, and with the, the ocean so I brought in those sea glass tiles our chandeliers our copy shell chandeliers that are very you know significant to the Philippines itself mm-hmm. so I really wanted to incorporate those little touches that fit the Bay Area natural theme but also had reminders of the Philippines and and that sort of tropical feel to it. Yeah, I have to say I was super proud when I finally got to see it in person. I was so excited. It's beautiful. And um, I think it's a good extension of the Goldilocks brand. Okay, how is the Goldilocks SFO menu compared to a traditional Goldilocks? Because there are some differences. It's entirely different. So we kind of did our quote unquote Panda Express version of Goldilocks. Um, I really wanted people to be able to try whatever they want in any combination they want. So we offer one, two, three entree combo meals. They come with your choice of base. You can have white rice, uh, white steamed rice, garlic fried rice, or Ponset um, vegan rice noodles. So you get that. You can choose as many entrees as you want anywhere between one and three. And then you also get a choice of side. So your sides are like lumpia and empanada, shao mai, carioca. We've really opened up the menu. Um, it didn't start out this way. It was a little bit more fixed, like you get this and then you get a lumpia. But, you know, customers have really been interested in trying more things. And I thought, why limit them? You know, if they mm-hmm. want to try that and, and it works out, why not? So we've really um, tailored this menu for non-Filipinos, I would say, for travelers and, and, and in a way that lets them try as many things as possible as they are interested in trying. And those the difference between a one, two, three item combo is like a dollar fifty. So you get a whole nother, you can try a whole nother entree for like a dollar fifty more, which is great. You know, it's not risky. <laughs> right. Rather being forced in a, into a big bowl of one thing that you may may not love, you know, and we really want people to love our food. So we do everything we can. (laughs) And they do. Um, Oh, and you also have vegan items as well. Yes. Yes. We've adapted some of our menu items to be vegan, to be gluten-free, to be vegetarian. Uh, Filipino food is not traditionally vegetable heavy, but we are located in the Bay Area and many travelers have dietary preferences and we really wanted to have something for everyone. So we've made those changes and, you know, uh, there's still the original Goldilocks recipes, like the chicken adobo is still grandma goes like chicken adobo recipe, but we mm-hmm. just changed it from regular soy sauce to a gluten-free soy sauce. And so now the dish is gluten-free and can appeal to people with, um, you know, gluten-free preferences or celiac disease. So, yeah. and then we have vegan offerings. Those are really popular. Even our, our boba drinks, which is kind of unique to our store as well are they're made with vegan oat milk we really focus on good quality good variety and and we're quick service and we're not fast food though so it's still fresh cooked in our kitchen small batch um, something that it tastes like it's made from home Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been back there I can attest to that (laughs) yeah it's not microwaved you know (laughs) frozen food that you're getting Right. It's not coming from like a big truck and frozen and then you're just basically reheating adobo. You're actually cooking yes. the food. Yeah. Since Goldilocks opened, it has received a lot of wonderful press. 
So the points guy uh, yeah. featured them, like one of the 10 best so airport amazing. restaurants. Yes. So great. And then if you look on like reviews on Yelp or Google, like people are so enthusiastic and it doesn't matter if they're Filipino or not. So that must be so exciting. Yes, it, we really strive to. My goal was sort of to not reinvent the brand, but this is like our debut to the um, entire traveling population that goes through San Francisco International Airport. So it's people who are from the Midwest or maybe from other countries who have never heard of Filipino food before, never heard of Goldilocks. So I really wanted to make this first impression a great impression on people. And that's the entire experience from how our food tastes and looks to how the services, you know, our, our, our staff are so friendly, they're so warm, and they're so enthusiastic about sharing this cuisine with people. And it really shines through. And I think people really, it's been very, very well received. Okay, opening a restaurant during normal time is hard <laughs> enough. So tell everybody what it was like to open in the height of the pandemic. It was, I can't believe how you it did it. <laughs> I, you know, I've opened many restaurants before and in and, and restaurants in China and restaurants in, in the U.S. Um, you know, I thought it was hard opening a restaurant in China where I was completely unfamiliar with with the area and, and, and the politics there. Um, so we were set to open on March 23rd, 2020. So I don't know if that date rings a bell to anyone or that time frame, but the shelter in place hit San Francisco on March 16th, literally a week before we were set to grand open our store. So we had all our staff trained, ready to go. We had ordered all our inventory. We were ready to start, you know, doing a little bit of a soft opening and the shelter in place hit. We sent everybody home and everything went quiet. We, you know, I, I was up there ready to spend a month opening the store. And so nobody knew what was going to happen with the pandemic. Um, nobody knew how long it was going to be. Come May, they said, oh, you're not going to be able to open probably until June or July when the pandemic gets better. And so we, we called all our staff. You know, we said, you know, you're going to have to stay on unemployment. We don't have anything for you, but we'll keep you posted. And then a week later, the airport called us back and they said, the airlines are complaining that there's no food available in the terminal. Nobody's open. Can you open this week? Oh, God. <laughs> so they called us on a Monday. We called all our staff. We said, who can come into work? They want us to open this week, like grand open a new restaurant. And we got a lot of people who, who were I just love our staff. We we're so committed. They said, I can do it. So we called the airport back on Tuesday. We said, we can do it. Wednesday, you know, I'm based in LA. Wednesday, I drove up with my dad up to the Bay Area. <laughs> we went to Restaurant Depot. We had to get all our supplies in. Um, and Thursday, we soft opened the store. Friday, we grand opened. And when I say grand open, we were, you know, there were supply chain issues. Remember in the beginning of the mm -hmm. pandemic, you could barely get eggs, you could barely get chicken. So we were driving to Restaurant Depot, Costco, buying whatever we could, frozen chicken, and putting it on the TSA conveyor belt <laughs> and hauling it into the restaurant ourselves. I mean, if you can imagine, I don't think people realize 
you can't just bring things into the airport. Everything has to go through TSA security. Everything Mm -hmm. has to be screened. So it was just insane trying to do that. But we got our doors open literally from the day we committed to it. Tuesday, we were fully open on Friday and open for business, not full staff, obviously a reduced staff, Um, not a full menu. We had a reduced menu, but, you know, we haven't closed other than Christmas a single day since then. So we open at 4 a.m. daily and depending on the time of the year, whether it's daylight savings or, or, you know, non-daylight savings times, we close at 11 p.m. or up to midnight every day. (laughs) 364 Mm. days a year. The only day we're closed is Christmas. That is not (laughs) for the faint of heart. My God. So how many restaurants were open around the same time as you? Because there weren't that many. Yeah. So at the beginning, we were part of phase two of this terminal. In the front of the terminal, there were like six restaurants. They all closed as soon as the shelter in place hit. The only one that stayed open was Illy Cafe and they're just a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So they weren't serving food and they closed around three o'clock in the afternoon. But there were still some flights, you know, later on in the evening. So passengers would travel. And don't forget the airlines also cut meal service, food and beverage service on the airplane. So there's a lot of people who are flying from California to New York on a flight with no drinks, no food. They couldn't buy anything at the airport. So they were complaining. And then all the employees who were working at the airport, there was no way to buy food at the airport either, you know, and it's very difficult to go off site to just pick up lunch, you know, (laughs) and even at home, it was hard to get groceries to bring a lunch. So it really was. Um, we we really seized the opportunity to open during that time because we just knew as soon as people would try our food and, and we were the only option at that time, if we got them to try it, they would fall in love with it, which they have. We have so many customers who have been with us since the beginning of the pandemic when we opened and, and are still with us today who um, are spreading the word <laughs> about Goldilocks. So what is it like now in Terminal 1? I'm guessing it's it's bustling again. Everyone's reopened now. So, you know, we all have a small piece of the pie now compared to when we had the whole pie pretty much. Um, It's getting better. We are still not at 2019 pre-pandemic levels. The last Omicron strain did not help. It really Mm. crushed us over the holidays, which we all were hoping was going to be the busiest holiday in the last two years since, you know, finally everyone's traveling home for the holidays. But the the Omicron surge really, we didn't meet expectations for that time because of it. So we're hoping this summer everything's going to get back to normal. And I know people are just you know, itching to travel and really get back out there. And now that a lot of the borders have opened back up, we're hoping to see things pick back up because I'm not going to lie. It's been really discouraging. I mean, the restaurant industry as a whole has taken a huge toll from the pandemic and then being a restaurant in an airport where air travel has taken a huge hit since the pandemic is a double whammy on us. Yeah. You've had a lot of obstacles, but (laughs) you are so persistent and forward thinking. I like how you think on the fly. I like how you shift your menus, you know, on the fly when you know that there's an opportunity to serve people. So I think you have, you have what it takes to succeed. So I'm not, I'm all about giving people what they want in the way they (laughs) want. It's not saying it's free, but, but you know, you know, 
we really we we're a small company, so we're able to be nimble and to adjust to passenger um, demands, and we pay very close attention to the data. I I always tell I always say that I let the customers vote. It's not what I like; it's what they like, and they vote with their dollars. So I look at what they're telling me, what they want, and I adjust our menu uh, accordingly. All right. So what's next? Are there plans to open another restaurant? We would love to. Um, You know, we've been in SFO for 20 plus years. People from all the other terminals say, please open a Goldilocks in the other terminal. Um, I would absolutely love to. That's actually my job is to expand, you know, our our stores and and our offerings in in other airports and other terminals. Um, But I will say because of the pandemic, it has really put a a stop on a lot of new um, opportunities because the opportunities that were already awarded and in place a lot of those concessions haven't even been able to open yet. They're still in construction. So they're, the airport's not going to put out more opportunities when the current ones that they're committed to haven't even been able to open because mm. of the pandemic. Well, when people do stroll past Goldilocks, what's the one item? Well, no, not the one item. What? Tell them what they should definitely check out. Like if they just need something in a hurry. I mean, I love our combo meals because they can basically get anything they want. Um, but I think what draws a lot of people and has sort of a, a small cult following is our carioca, which is our caramelized mochi balls. Yes. <laughs> they either come for um, an order of lumpia because everybody loves lumpia or they see those those caramelized mochi balls and they're like, oh, I, I got to have those. Those are really, really good. Um, it's something that I didn't even try for the longest time. They're they're like these these round balls. and they don't look like much, but they're like the perfect sweet snack. You know, they're caramelized on the outside. They're crispy. They're chewy on the inside. And once it's you've still had still light one, and fluffy, <laughs> it's like an unforgettable little uh, treat. That is, and it's so hard to find. We make those fresh every day. They're they're not good after 24 hours. So you have to get them when they're fresh. And they're such a treat because you can't really find those in many places. That's true. I have to make them at home and they're never as good as Goldilocks. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Iva, um, before I let you go, I have some closing questions for you. What's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and you need an emergency go-to dinner? Oh, I just did this yesterday. (laughs) Frozen dumplings. Yeah, oh, I love those. Gotta yeah. keep them in the freezer all the time. Yeah, it's like it's um even growing up, it was my mom's like emergency food. You know, we'd get home really late from a trip and my dad would be hungry and but it's almost bedtime and all the restaurants are closed. What would we eat? Frozen dumplings. Yeah. Good <laughs> you know, you boil the water, it's done in like 10 minutes, and it's so satisfying. It's it's really yummy. <laughs> so good. I'll do dumplings anytime. What's yeah. the one recipe that you re- treasure the most? Oh gosh, I have a few. I used to make a really mean um, ginger and green onion steamed chicken. Mm. It's like sort of like Hainan chicken ish. Yeah. Um, but one of the first recipes like that I learned how to make was a broiled salmon that's marinated with dill and and um, lemon, and then you top it with hollandaise sauce. Oh. And that was one of my favorites for a long time. That's perfect for spring. Sounds good. <laughs> Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? I clean while I cook. I try to because it's just uh, I don't want to clean after I cook. I'm already exhausted. 
So, but I, now I'm a mom and expecting another baby. And I, and, and to be honest, I really don't cook at all anymore. I live in an area that is, has very accessible, really good food. That's very cheap. And um, my husband loves variety. He doesn't like to eat leftovers. So we eat out like 100% of the time. So I'm ultimately like a foodie consumer person. So I'm like (laughs) the best judge of is this good because I eat out all the time. So (laughs) yeah, I have to remember to hit you up for all the recommendations whenever I'm in LA because you know all the restaurants. (laughs) We, We love eating out and I'm tired. I love service and hospitality. And so we just incorporate it into our budget. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good kitchen tip? A good kitchen tip. Clean while you cook. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm I'm also what's funny is I used to cook all the time. I'm a kitchen gadget collector. I have like every kitchen gadget and appliance under the sun. I just bought a uh, breakfast sandwich maker. <laughs> Like a panini press type thing? No, the kind where you put the English muffin and you put the ham and cheese and then you crack a raw egg in it and it cooks it all at the same time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have every gadget. <laughs> I have an ice cream maker. I have a, I do have a panini press. I have uh-huh. them all. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> do you have a sous vide too? I do have a sous vide. Wow. I haven't found to using it though, but um, I, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that once you get cooked, though, it's it's not bad and you'll yeah. see everything. Oh, I'm yeah, I actually do love cooking. I wish I had the energy to do it. I mean, I see all the amazing things you make for your family and I'm like, gosh, they're so lucky. I'm just like, OK, where are we going to order from tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll trade with you any day. I've Honestly, I'm not running around opening restaurants and I don't have a toddler and another one on the way. So <laughs> it's a different life. It is. Yeah. So I try to share five little things with my readers. Something that made me smile or just made me happy during the week. Is there something that made you smile? Uh, Absolutely. Yesterday was my daughter's second day in transitional kindergarten. And, um, you know, one of her biggest worries about starting in a new school, because she's starting kind of at the end of the school year, was that she wouldn't have any friends. And um, so at drop off yesterday, I saw these two girls, these two little girls blocking the entrance to the drop off. And I was wondering, why are they blocking the entrance? And as soon as I gave my daughter a hug and kiss goodbye, um, the little girls took my daughters by the hand. They each flanked my daughter, one on each side and escorted her, like walked her to her class. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, what is going on? This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like, And they're like five years old. OK, so I asked the mom next to me, I said, is that your is that your kid? And she said, yeah, you know, they know she her first day was yesterday and they just really wanted to make sure she felt welcome and that they talked to her. And I was just like that. Happy so tears. <laughs> happy tears. There's hope for humanity in this next generation. It is cool to be kind. I just was so, so hopeful for, for this next generation to see that. So. You know, I think that when things are wrong in the world and there's so much that there is, you just have to remember to look at the little kids and then it just gives you hope. And they also give you a reason to keep going. It's, yes. oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Well, Iva, thank you so much for spending time with me. Where can everyone find you and Goldilocks? 
Yeah. So I'm all over social media. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with anybody who's foodies. I'm on Yelp. Goldilocks-SFO.com is our website for the airport specific location. You can read more about Goldilocks there. You can go to ladyluckgourmet.com to read about um, our company or me specifically. And I'm happy to connect. I love to connect with other foodies and people in the industry, just like you, Lauren. <laughs> well, I'm so glad our paths crossed. I bet that was just, I don't know. I consider you a friend and a colleague and I always love seeing you. So I can't wait to, to see so you again. With you. I absolutely love everything you do. And I still have to go through your new cookbook. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Iva. Thank you. I will see you next time. All right. Take care. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Iva Chen for joining us today. The next time you're flying through SFO, be sure to stop by Terminal 1 and head to Goldilocks for a taste of Filipino cuisine. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to review it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. <laughs>